Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast, where we will uh, chat with Delisha Davids more about game-based assessment. This is Alzette Leroux and Hanneli Ardendorf. Let's talk transformative assessment. Delisha Davids, welcome in the studio. Thank you so much, Alzette and Hanneli. <laughs> so, um, Delisha, maybe yeah, before we we uh, dive right into game-based assessment and escaping the room, escaping the assessment room. Maybe just a little bit more context. Yeah, you, you're from the Faculty of Education, right? Yes. And what do you teach? Okay, so um, I think in for the for the context of the the game based learning, um, I used to teach um, natural science and um, environmental education, so that's sort of where the project started. Um, I also taught practical learning, um, but this year uh, because I'm doing my PhD, I'm focusing particularly on ICTs for learning. So um, it does still incorporate a lot of this game based assessment, but the focus more is now on technology enhanced learning and not necessarily the subject discipline of the student but I still use you know all of those elements to integrate that but in terms of the the escape room assessment it really stemmed from teaching natural science um, and environmental education to pre-service teachers so I think in the context of anything that I do in the classroom I'm always cognizant of the fact that I have to model um you know, good assessment practices uh, for my students so that they can go and implement it in schools. And knowing that I have to also help them to to sort of appropriate what I show them for younger learners. So that's always an interesting um, sort of, you know, dual thing that I have to play in the classroom. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I currently teach. So a lot of modules, um, but I do think the one thing that has um, been constant in all of them is to push the boundaries a little bit in terms of assessment as well as in terms of using technology in innovative ways in in the South African context because we know um, that is an issue and resources are always a problem. So, yeah, that's a little bit of context about my teaching. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's it's always such an interesting space to be in when you are the teacher of the teachers, right? <laughs> so I think Hanley and myself, coming from the background of academic development, where we support lecturers, um, yeah, that's always been an interesting dynamic for me. We are you are the teacher of the teachers. And you as an as a lecturer in the faculty of education, you are modeling. Yeah, that um the whole idea of assessment and integrating technology with the assessments and and you as facilitator of learning is um, you know, also fulfills that modeling role of how it can be and how it can look like right now an interesting um, you know part of blending your teaching learning assessment practices um, with technology is um, an escape room assessment that you designed um, yeah, would you like to share more about that? Because uh, yeah, that falls in the in the category of game-based learning, right? Absolutely. Um, I think what's very interesting about this escape room is that um, I started implementing it the first time during COVID or just before COVID. So. Um, 
This escape room assessment was inspired by um, the Stanford D School. So they had this um, project called the Deeper Learning Puzzle Bus. And for them, it was about escaping the standardized test. And at the time when I was sort of, I actually just sort of came across it. I wasn't looking for something related to escape rooms, but I was quite interested in um, design-based learning and design thinking. And the Stanford D School had a lot of those kinds of resources and some Somehow I clicked on a link that said deep learning puzzle bus and I was just enthralled about, you know, what they were doing. So essentially they took a bus, um, made it into a puzzle room that you needed to escape and had all these different elements of, for instance, biology or history. And they took it around the country to test it with teachers so as to bring about this discourse of, you know, assessment, not just being standardized tests, which I think also in, in South Africa, that is quite relevant. And because I think I've been a rebel since I started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, since I started um, teaching, because as you said, with modeling it's not just about what what's good it's also about you you learn through modeling what not to do um, I think a lot of what I learned um, was also about what not to do. And so I was looking for if, if I shouldn't do this, what else takes the place? And so a lot of my own learning um, and, and also how I think about education and learning really comes from very different from outside of the classroom, to be honest. And so when I saw this escape room or this deeper learning puzzle bus by Stanford D school, I was like, I need to, I need to try this. And so the intention at the time, um, in, in 2020, 2021 was really to think about how do I help my students to design something like this for their subject specialization. And I started with the environmental education class at that time. And, um, we were on our way, we, we started with this escape room and then suddenly there was like a third or a fourth wave, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> Absolutely. And my students could no longer meet in class and so the idea of the physical escape room was out the window, but we had already started with the work. And so I was sitting with a crisis of, do I now scrap this assessment or do I make it work? And that's when I actually took the escape room into the digital realms. I was like, how am I gonna make this work? Can it work in a digital space? And I think that's sort of the innovation on top of the innovation was to say, how do we in a virtual space where students can't necessarily engage together? Um, because this game-based learning approach and the escape room in particular is about collaborative learning. I think that was the one big piece. Um, so doing and engaging in the escape room is about solving puzzles together, communication skills, problem solving. Um, and my students did it in groups of three to four. But then there was an added element that they needed to design their own escape room. And so, again, it was these levels or layers where I wanted them to experience assessment um, for, as, and of learning um, and being able to do that through them experiencing the escape room first because a lot of them didn't understand what an escape room was, even though there's a really good horror movie on it <laughs> now. <laughs> um, which also came out about <laughs> as the pandemic hit, to be honest. Um, so so I, I needed them to first experience what this could look like and then to say, how do we take this into an educational space? And then they came up with their own design. So it was sort of this three-layered approach to to designing the assessment. Wow, Delisha, I've got, uh, I've got so many questions running from my mind, but I'll start with one for people listening in for myself. Tell us a little bit about what such an ex what does this look like? What does an escape room activity look like for students in yeah. the online space, especially yes, in the online space? So, um, 
essentially what I needed to do was to design the, let's call it the body of the escape room. And it really has a, just a sort of PowerPoint Google slide base. So it is a slideshow based assessment um, or, or design rather. And essentially what you do, because escape rooms, a physical escape room has lots of objects. It has a timer. It has puzzles where you work together and clues that you get after solving little mini puzzles that then eventually gives you access to a lock. And so all of those elements needed to be put into this one body, which is the screen, right? Because the screen is essentially the vehicle for what now is this escape room, which gives it some sense of, you know, an immersive experience, but obviously not the same as a physical experience. And so you have the base of a PowerPoint Added to that, you use Google Forms to act as the locks. So there's clues. You can do a, um, you know, like a letter-based lock, or you can do um, a, you know, full code um, digit lock, anything like that. So inside of the PowerPoint, as you would do with a normal PowerPoint, you can put little, you know, objects, and then you hide hyperlinks behind the objects. So that's kind of what it looks like on the technical side. Um, but what you do with the the base is um, so a lot of free stock images um, gets pulled into it you cre create this idea of a room um, YouTube timer for the the counting down bitmojis to <laughs> to personalize it and so um as I said, for the for the first iteration of this with the environment education students, it was really just about saying, how do we still teach about the environment when we can no longer go outside, when field trips are off the table? Um, and then when I re when I iterated the design for third years, because one of the challenges I had was that first year students didn't really understand the curriculum design piece of it because they had not been in schools. So it was different, difficult for them to think about this already sort of out of the box assessment and to add the curriculum elements to it. Whereas the third years had already had that experience and I thought, not that the first years didn't necessarily, they, they were able to do all the technical pieces, but it didn't really flow together as well as I thought it could. Um, and that was proven with the third years. They really had a really good idea of the curriculum. They understood how to um, write objectives and then how to bring all of that into this escape room body. And um, I, I must tell you, I, I was so, so chuffed with the students and what they had produced. Um, I later on, this is sort of a semi side note, but I, I had presented it at um, um, the at Oxford, um, the Oxford Publishing House. Just they were asking me about, you know, share it with us. What are you doing with technology? And they wanted to buy some of the stuff. And I was like, well, I need to work on <laughs> pricing here. So it is it is the, the 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 products that the students are producing are commercial can be commercialized or even given as open access to um, to schools. So it is still in the infancy. It was really just a you know let's play and let's see what comes out of it. But um, what I what I must say is I am excited about what the students can do when this kind of assessment becomes the norm. You said earlier that in that there was a space in that timeline where you had the idea um, of of the bus or getting off the bus, <laughs> and then and then COVID hit. And you basically were con confronted, are you going ahead with the idea or not? And I'm curious, what what happened in you or what is it in Delisha that, that made you to go ahead with the idea to escape the room? Sure. Um, I actually have thought about that quite a bit. Um, and I'm not yet sure I have the answer. However, I think... Um, 
I, I really wanted to see if it could work. And I was really afraid that if I if I didn't do it with this with these students, that there would be an opportunity that was missed. And particularly with the first years when I tried it the first time, they were really excited about this idea. And it took me a while to get them excited about the idea. <laughs> and um yeah, I think I think I, I I really had faith that it that it could work, and I and I didn't at the time think of a different way in which this collaborative learning could still form part of um, of what I had planned for the module and the outcomes that were set for the module. So it was really in a, in the sort of broad sense I was trying to say to see how can with the challenges that we have of COVID, which no one you know could um, foresee, how do I still make sure that my students have an enriched learning experience? Because that was really what it. Was was about. I do think um, COVID also caused um, a sort of acceleration in my own learning when it came to digital technologies. I was literally on every single webinar that every, every kind of institution opened up. So um, I think there there is for myself, if I if I have to reflect of, on, on sort of dispositions, I think an openness to learning is something that really propelled um, that and sort of a bit of a tenacity and stubbornness, I almost want to say, of like, I'm, we can do it in a good sense, absolutely. Um, and, and I think there was also a curiosity about, um, you know, could this work? If not, how do I respond? And I think the one thing that I was so grateful for, um, particularly of the first experience, was that I was confronted with my own vulnerability about technology in the classroom. And um, that happened on various levels. So I remember when I had now, you know, decided I'm going to continue with this and I'm going to try and make this digital. Before I had my students experience the, the, the room that I had designed, I sat probably 15, 20, 30 times just testing if all of my links were working because I knew that if my room didn't work for them, that they would lose confidence in the idea themselves, so, you know. But I also think that my students thought I was a bit crazy because I said to them, I've never done this before, so we're going to learn together. And I think that was such an, <laughs> um, that's such an uncommon thing to hear in a university setting. You know, we think our lecturers need to be experts on everything. Um, and so that was important for me to, to again model that kind of vulnerability that comes with trying something new um, and sticking with that regardless of what the um, challenges were and then also to show how we should adapt because I think particularly when it comes to technology um, in, in teaching and learning whether in school setting or university setting that adaptability is so so essential and I'm not sure how we learn that <laughs> I often think um, I was speaking to my supervisor um, when we were discussing my PhD topic and and I said to him it feels almost like a trauma informed adaptability <laughs> um, and I say that because it's, it's part of um, in terms of technology I, I always say to my students and I've made yeah I've made a concerted effort to explain to them I don't come to technology in education from a place of privilege like the first time I owned a laptop was when I was doing my master's which was two years ago um, my own laptop you know that I could buy with my own money and and so um, I, I've learned to be very um, what's the word I'm looking for now to sort of be resourceful when it came to technology um, borrowed people's laptops sat in the internet cafe um, and so I think even using PowerPoint for that base of the game is something that I had not considered before PowerPoint for me was you know making slideshows on people's birthdays <laughs> 
um, that's what it looked like when I was when I was you know when I first was introduced to to PowerPoint. So I think that's a long way of saying what inside of me. I think lots of things, um, but I do think the context propelled me a little bit in the, in that sense. But I do think also that a lot of my previous life experiences sort of prepared me to deal with the challenges and to say how can I still make this work and how can I provide an enhanced learning experience for my students um, and again also model what it is that I think a good teacher teacher does. I, I love that resourcefulness. I've often thought that that is one of the most useful things and sometimes not having had everything easy is what creates that resourcefulness in us, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and then I think um, you're doing probably most of your teaching through the modeling, through also modeling the adaptability, the vulnerability that you spoke about, etc. But now I'm curious, after you had convinced your students about this, how did they respond? What was their response to? Um, I sometimes wonder, do they think game-based learning is just a gimmick um, or do they realize the value of it in the end? Um, yes. Um, I think I'll speak on, on both groups. So in my with the first years, um, it was the most amazing thing to see because at that time you could only have um, a limited amount of students in class with you. So I gave the students the option of, of um, experiencing the escape room together, either in class or to do it in a computer lab or whatever. But they needed one computer and they had to to work from there and then me as the games master was on teams and um, I'd give them additional hints if you know they they took too long or if they sort of asked a question that's where I would give the hints because in a normal setting if they were doing it online with me there and everyone around I would be able to give them the prompts you know face to face um, so there was also a nice hybridity to it at, at that point and just to see the students huddled around a computer and high-fiving each other as they got, you know, as they opened the locks was probably one of the images that's burned into to my brain because it really did one of the things that that we we that I said in the beginning was it is firstly also about that kind of motivation to learn in a context where teaching and learning sometimes feels so static and and sort of boring really. So I do think on the one hand, um, absolutely to increase that motivation and engagement was one of the purposes and I could see that with my students and they reflected on you know anonymously um, on their experiences and those are some of the big things that they took away from it um, I also made a point to ask them about you know um, what what about them had changed or what did they learn about themselves in a team context because the one valuable thing about the escape room assessment is that it's not just testing cognitive um, you know abilities it is testing that kind of collaboration, um, communication, problem solving, all of the things I mentioned in the beginning. And the overwhelming majority of students said that those were things that they, they could see. You know, sometimes they would they would share, for instance, particularly at the design phase where they feel like they were more of a follower than a leader. So, so they had those kinds of insights that came from, like I said, a PowerPoint-based <laughs> virtual game. When it came to the third years, because the third years were natural science students, so um, the aim for them was really to teach them um, a bit more about technology integration. But because I only had five weeks with them in their third year, I wanted to package it in a way where you, as I've mentioned, all of these different tech skills that was packaged in this design-based project. 
with them, I found it very interesting that, um, you know, when I think about natural science, I think about curiosity. I think about that kind of inquiring nature. And when I first introduced the escape room to them, they were quite hesitant. And I asked them, but where does that come from? Um, and, and I actually, because I teach them in first years, so I felt like I failed with this idea of, you know, curiosity. And I, and I asked them, you know, where does that kind of reluctance come from? And, and it is because of the, not being exposed to different kinds of methods. Um, it was the first time that they had experienced this. So I even sent them, I, I think I was their favorite lecturer for that year. I sent them to go and do the physical escape room that we have here in the Eckestadt Mall to just get that, 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 you know, visceral experience as well. But, um, ultimately, I think I had a one student, which I call a detractor <laughs> at the end, who, who sort of said that, you know, she doesn't see this happening in the South African context. Um, but again, the, everyone else was like, you know, this is something that they want to try. They hope that they get a chance to, that there is, um, this at least, you know, um, connectivity somewhere in a school so that they can go on and test it. So absolutely, I think they see the value um, of that in, in, in the larger sense, yes. Hmm. You made me think with, with that point about um, some students being hesitant and finding it more with the science students. It's, it is interesting because I, have the, I, I come from science, I have exactly the same sort of <clears throat> sort of the same understanding of what a science student should look like. But there was an interesting study done, I think, in Australia where they found that when science students come from a background where they perceive legitimacy in science to come from a very specific way of operating, then anything outside that, anything that looks like soft skills, like more human skills, for example, they don't see as real science. And then you have that hesitancy. Yeah, which um. is quite interesting because, I mean, I think of of a lab, right? And and like how you need to collaborate, like everyone has to do their little part in a lab to make sure that this big project succeeds. So there's a, there's a big element of communication and collaboration that's necessary. But I also think it, it does have to do with the way that we teach science in school. So um, I remember my first year, so I came to study engineering um, at, at Stunbosch, so that's a side, side note. But um, when we were doing... Um, chemistry in first year, I was so enthralled by the way that this professor taught how to convert, you know, from moles to, to milligrams or whatever the case might be. Um, and, and, and it was not the static, here's the formula, punch it in type thing. And I think that kind of routinized way in which we teach science in school is definitely part of what they bring to a teacher education program, which makes it very difficult for us to sort of break those kinds of, um, yeah, preconceived ideas of science. Um, and, but once they catch it, I think they, they become so excited. But I think that's my challenge as an educator is how do you, because some people, some people absolutely see and catch the modeling. So, so they can name something like vulnerability. They can name compassion. They can name courage. But a lot of students don't look for that. And how do you make that kind of thing explicit without it coming across as, you know, you being intentional about, let's call it inspiring. Um, one quick note to one of my favorite authors about teaching is Ron Barnett, and he talks about a pedagogy of inspiration. And when I read that book, I felt so connected to his ideas because it's been something that I've been trying to figure out. Because to me, yes, the cognitive you know, knowledge is so, so important, but how do you catch that kind of inspiration? 
um, and how do you how do you really teach adaptability, um, particularly for a for a teacher? You know, um, I I'm not sure how I how I can simulate um, you know unruly classrooms and and thinking about. Um, you're not having access to particular kinds of resources in a in a context where I'm supposed to be an expert and just lecture to them. So I think the the assessment again was sort of a a way to say there there's different ways of getting to 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 the same kind of outcome or to better outcomes to really transform education. Um, and I do think, uh, particularly with this project, um, I've succeeded in that. My students have succeeded in that and beyond my expectations. Um, now I'm sort of asking, what's next? <laughs> you know? I'm glad you're asking it. from asking it. Yeah, but, but in the one hand, what's next in terms of the, what's the, the, the next thing that I do? Because the... Um, the third years this year of natural science actually did the escape rooms with me in in first year, so we can't do the same project with them, of course not. <laughs> Absolutely, we're doing immersive virtual reality this year, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but the, the other thing is also how do you expand this kind of this, this escape room project in a way where students can really start to take ownership of it? Um, and and like I said, I think I have this deep desire to to share that kind of resources and to also make sure that the transformative part of assessment is that it doesn't just stay, particularly for teacher education, it doesn't just stay something that I mark and then they get a grade for. I, I really wanted to become something useful. Um, you know, I don't know how we're going to do that yet, but um, like I said, the the fact that there are people around that, that says, can I buy it, um, to me is incredible. Um, and that's not my escape room, it's my students' one, you know. And so, um, yeah, I think there's lots of possibilities if we if we lean into that. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure how we, <laughs> where we go from here, to be honest. Yeah, I know. And it's, uh, it's about that expansion. Just, yeah, keep on um, thinking out of the box or really you know when, when you mentioned oh there are so many things to pick up on um but one thing again that stood out for me is i think i really believe delisha that in a way you helped your students to escape not only the metaphoric room of assessment but really escape that limiting thought patterns and beliefs that even our students have hold in themselves and in that way I think the best gift that you can give your students is well for one you you see your students for where they are and you also you you teach from the place of seeing their potential and um, you know what struck me is is the why behind your going ahead with this is because you are really focused on providing this amazing learning opportunity and experience for your students and creating that that space for them to thrive in um, and a part of that you were modeling as well and in a way showing them that irrespective of what school they're going to end up with however limited resources they will have in that context it's about where do you come from and that change happens from within uh, and that you have modeled to them and um, for some of them will pick up on it and some not but yeah it's again it's actually escaping those limiting thought patterns and beliefs that's also a big gift that you gifted to them. Sure, thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm curious as to um, yeah, what what uh, would you think or what do you experience as was the most exciting and or challenging 
for you in in this whole journey? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, the most exciting was being able to learn with them. Um, absolutely, uh, particularly with the third years. So how I how I set up the the teaching, learning, and assessment was that we'd have one lecture that sort of you know introduces the let's call it the theoretical concepts behind the game based learning, um, thinking about things like TPAC or you know all of those sort of technology enhanced frameworks, and then to for for the rest of the the week we did um, in class tutorials where we would work together on the on the tech side, so. Um, we started off with, for instance, the base of the game, which is the PowerPoints, and then we went into, you know, the hyperlinks and, and, and those sort of things. Um, they sat in class, um, you know, creating their bitmojis on their phone um, and then integrating it with their with, with their room. So, um, you know, one of the, the, the standout um, assessments that I got was um, the theme of sort of space and beyond which is part of the CAPS curriculum and all there were you know five girls with little space hats on <laughs> but emojis that personalizes the room a little bit and there was also another one that was you know that had even a fire animation which was not something that I, I didn't ask them to include animations but depending on obviously how far they also pushed their own tech skills they were they were able to include those so I think the most exciting was learning with them but also to see how they went beyond what was expected as well as the fact that they could live out their creativity um of course the assessment had certain criteria but creativity was one of them i said you know go beyond what it so this is the the baseline requirement but show me what it is that that you can design so i think i think that was really the most exciting i do think the most challenging was was this idea that um that some of them particularly in the beginning were not open to trying something new and and i was so <laughs> really it was it was something that i had to come back to and so i taught practical learning at the same time and and um so obviously some of those students are in the practical learning class and when they came back from teaching practice a lot of the students in the practical learning class was it was talking about teachers who don't want to change um, you know their traditional teaching methods and so on and obviously I had experienced them in the natural science class and one day I just said to them I said you guys are hypocrites <laughs> I literally I was I was so upset I said to them you are hypocrites on the one hand you talk about teachers who want to you know keep the status quo in place and, and when you get the opportunity to play you don't. But I also understand where that comes from. I understand that that part of how they see education also is about the grade. It's about the, you know, th them wanting to do well. And for them, they look at that still as part of the how well am I going to pass? Um, and that's also been something that I've been trying to break from first year. Um, but so, so I understand where it comes from, but it frustrates me. It, it deeply frustrated me. And I think that was the, the biggest challenge for me is, is not necessarily to convince them, because that's what I say to them. It's not for me to convince you whether this is an approach that works, but at least be open enough to experiencing it so that you can make a judgment from an informed place and not just from a, I don't think it's going to work. I've never done this before. Let's just write a test and, and get on with it, you know? <laughs> so that was really the most challenging part for me personally. Mm, I think we've had a bit of that conversation about 
the uncertainty on their side when they feel they can't control the process. Um, with Karen Jacobs, who we had here earlier, spoke about especially the high-performing students um, not wanting to embrace these new methods because they, they know how to play the system in, in the more familiar methods. But um, Delisha, uh, we are inspired. You inspired by Ron Barnett's book on inspiring pedagogies, but I'm inspired and I'm sure you're going to inspire lots of teachers and lots of people listening to this, lots of, of teachers in higher education as well. And the one thing I want to, I sort of want to leave with for myself is in, in COVID period, one of the pieces of advice we gave on assessment was more formative assessment, um, make it count, not for marks in, in terms of value. So formative assessment that helps students see whether they're on track or not, so that you can minimize summative assessment and make sure you really have summative assessments of integrity. And what strikes me is that your game-based learning and assessment model gives an opportunity for that, but that there's also a bit of a narrative we have to, or a discourse that we have to develop around what people see as formative assessment, because I would argue all of those things happening in the escape room as formative assessment since it gives immediate feedback. Absolutely. Um, also the, the design process, and like I said, the, the tutorials were both a teaching and learning opportunity, but it was being able to provide feedback on, no, that's not the way that we, we do a hyperlink. So there was immediate feedback from my side to them, but also there was peer collaboration as well and peer feedback. So part of the, the, the escape room is also that they develop a narrative for, you know, the space exploration or the fire, whatever the case might be. And there was a time where I asked them to just share with each other what their ideas were and, and everyone else sort of gave inputs on that. So um, there is another author that I absolutely love, um, or two authors really, um, Bill Cope and Kalances, and they wrote a, a beautiful piece on sort of the five theses for the future of, of education, particularly related to technology and how it will change that. And one of the things um, that I first found striking, but the more that I, the more I did the escape room um, assessment, the the more I saw the possibility of that happening. And in their um, sort of projection, they talk about how the lines between teaching, learning, and assessment will start to fade even more. And so if you ask me whether that tutorial was an assessment or whether it was teaching and learning, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. But I think it does It does start with that kind of conversation about a formative assessment and how that is such a natural part of, of what teaching and learning actually is. But we, you know, we sort of save assessment for the end of the term or, or that kind of thing. So absolutely, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you talk our language. The new revised draft version of Stellenbosch University's te uh, teaching and learning policy, it's called because we've got a separate assessment policy, has redefined assessment. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think they're quoting Ashman on it, uh, or redefined the whole context and then a hyperlink, is that the hyphenating? <laughs> um, teaching, learning and assessment as sort of one word, trying to bring across that idea that this is really part of one thing. And, and I've come across it and I've been stuck in that same space now with, with putting together webinars on, on responsible use of AI. 
So a lot of responsible use of AI, if we're talking about learning, is formative assessment. And when I'm going to talk about assessment, <laughs> then a lot of the learning stuff will come in there again because you, we, we separate it analytically to some degree. Absolutely. But I mean, I think, you know, the space that we're in, it's it's, it's exciting times. And I, I even think about um, so so AI and the conversations and how excited my students get about it, but they're also fearful. So I think, again, that kind of, it's the uncertainty, absolutely. That that plays into not being able to control the process, and and also like you said, um, you know, knowing the the traditional game of teaching and learning and assessment, and and being able to play that game really well. And I do see. I, I was, I'm actually chuckling now. Just uh, there was an email by one of my students that said afterwards, but but why didn't I get you know more marks because I followed your guidelines exactly. The creativity is not about you know following the guidelines exactly, um, and 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 absolutely. So, so I, I think our students are both ready and and sort of scared at whatever this this future of education looks like. But I think again they take their cues from us. And so in the conversation about AI, I think how we talk about it even at a university setting, whether we ban it or don't ban it. Um, we are absolutely telling them or, or giving them some kind of message. And particularly for teacher education, it can be a very dangerous message um, to give because they will take that into to their classrooms. And and again, not knowing what the future holds for generative AI or whatever else pops up. Um, it's There's a big responsibility, I think, for teacher educators to really think through assessment practices um, and to to really step outside of, of what is there currently. Um, but I think it's a, it's a massive challenge as well. <laughs> Indeed so. And Delisha, yo, thank you for so many golden nuggets that you have shared with us today. And um, I'm even looking forward to you know, having you um, in the hot seat again um, because there is still experiential learning to chat with you about. Um, I mean, you did it, embarked on a trip to Alaska. Antarctica. Ach, Antarctica, man. sorry, the <laughs> other way, the other pole. <laughs> We're going south here. <laughs> yeah, it's Antarctica. And I mean, that in itself is a, is a whole story to share. Um, and of course, your PhD topic, which is... Yeah, Digital still agency. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, beautiful. You see, that's a whole topic in itself. But yeah, for today, just a big thank you from the, yeah, both of us and I believe from the, for the from the listeners out there as well. Um, thank you for sharing your golden nuggets with us, and thank you for yeah, just sharing your experience. Um, but also, um, your yeah, triggers my heart is that in. I mean, in life, the only constant is really change. And if our students, especially those in as future educators, can learn how to respond and not necessarily react, mm -hmm. but respond to constant change and um, you know, do that from not a place of fear, but really believing in, in themselves, then that will also be modeled to our children in schools. And then maybe my big dream to change the education system will happen <laughs> from the inside out. <laughs> but yeah, no, but thank you so much um, you know, for sharing um, your story today and really, yeah, really um, sharing the, how assessment can really be transformed in a fun and creative way.